Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. Another interesting chat with the WSO interns. If you're interested in applying to the internship, please check out the show notes. There's a link right there. Enjoy. Okay, everybody, welcome to the July 15th, 2022 intern weekly call. Uh, for those of you that's the first call, typically what we do is we have uh, a few minutes to um, answer questions about the internship specifically um, for the finance research analyst internship. So if you have questions about uh, the research, the writing, um, the process, anything, feel free to um, go ahead and, and do that. Uh, you can raise your hand or drop your, uh, to, to ask uh, over audio, or you can raise um, ask it over text as well. And Nabil can help remind me when I'm Forgetting to check the chat, uh, the chat box. <laughs> I'll open that up now, actually. So I think, um, and then we're, the this week we'll also be doing a resume review from one of our interns. Um, we've anonymized it, and um, we'll be going over that resume kind of once once those questions are answered, and then we'll, if we have time, we'll open it up to kind of also some questions around uh, anything around your specific career, interview, or um, networking, or other. Um, other efforts you've been making as you kind of try to land a career in finance. So we'll start off right now again, as usual. Welcome, everybody. I see a lot of familiar faces. Um, Abhijit's there. I see Colt's back on, Emmett's on. So good to see everyone. Um, I see Harveen. So um, let's start off. Does anybody have questions about the internship in particular? I see one question, uh, Ayman asks, how can one get promoted to chief editor? Uh, to get promoted to chief editor, it's pretty simple. You have to show really great writing. Um, you have to basically be putting in consistent hours, uh, go above and beyond, and just be really kind of engaged with the internship. And that tends to be the people we, uh, we promote um, to help us on the editing side. So if... If you're struggling on the writing side or following the directions or it's taking longer, um, it doesn't mean you won't get promoted there. It just means that it might take longer. Um, if you're kind of doing the minimum and just um, getting the internship on the resume to help yourself, that's fine. Uh, but it just means you're probably not going to um, probably not going to get promoted to the uh, editing side. Um, still letting more people in. We have a pretty good group this week. I assume it'll probably get five to 10 people more as we go. Any other questions about the internship specific or Nabil, anything I, I should uh, mention? Uh, oh, I did want to mention uh, we are exploring other potential um, business 
business lines at Wall Street Oasis, uh, specifically around supporting uh, investment banks in some of their valuation work, potentially some private equity funds with portfolio companies, um, just because we have um, such a deep talent pool, both from our mentor network and even from here, from the group that we have, um, we feel like there's a lot of really smart people that are in this group. Um, and so we're, we're starting to explore opportunities for potentially consulting uh, type work with, uh, with bank um, where we're pro providing both junior support and even the private equity portfolio companies, something like that. So we're, that's still in the, the idea stage. Um, that being said, I think it's important to note because um, if we do launch that, if and when we do launch that, I feel like it's potentially a really great opportunity for some of you that are, you know, you know, do really well to continue with us if that's what you want. If you want to, if you're still in school and you're an internship and you want this just to help that, that's great. But I know some of you are looking for full-time work and um, it's potentially a nice stepping stone to potentially working at an investment bank. You come work with us for a year or two in a paid capacity doing similar type work. Um, I think it would be great for the uh, for the CV and a nice potential way to kind of build that skill set um, directly. So uh, let's see, we got a question from Paul. If you haven't started the internship, is it possible to interview for the chief editor role? Send examples of very high quality essays have done. Hey, Paul, no, uh, we we just require you to actually show it um, like in the internship. And, you know, it, it won't take a long time. You know, typically if, if you're doing a great job and putting out great output and the, the writing quality, um, Nabil does a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a we have a bottleneck at the editing stage, so it's not that we don't want to promote. It's just that we have pretty we have a very high bar for that um, to be able to to edit other people's work. So, so that's why we'd rather have a, a bottleneck and slow things down than us rushing things through and put and and publishing content that isn't really high quality. So that's that's where we're at. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Chin, Chin, Chin may ask, can I repeat what I was said, uh, thinking of launching? Uh, more like a consulting business or a junior support uh, consulting business for investment banks and other finance firms that need help with like valuation work, stuff like that. We've noticed that there's a lot of investment banks, especially boutiques and middle market that have an attrition problem and that have, um, they're losing a lot of their analysts to larger banks and elite boutiques that because kids will join there and then quickly, quickly lateral or go to private equity. Um, and there's a lot of seats open at the bullish brackets in the, in the elite boutiques because those kids are the ones getting poached by private equity so fast. So we think there's a place where we can support, um, potentially support investment banks and other finance firms with kind of more valuation work, that type of stuff where you're spreading comps, doing some of that stuff that, that work publicly traded uh, PIBs, public public information books, stuff that can help the the senior partners and managing directors at these firms have a little bit more support. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at potentially launching. Um, no real time frame. Probably in the next, probably closer to a September time frame. We still have to work on uh, specifically what we want to go to market with, and if if we feel like there's uh, there's a way to do it in such a way that um, is beneficial both to the client and to us. So we have to figure that out. It's not an easy thing to launch um, by any means. So. Um, let's see what else we got here. Okay. Uh, Josh asked, hi, I just wanted to know how much time does it usually take for an article to be uploaded after the preliminary review is completed? Well, Josh, good news. We just hired, I think three more paid people <laughs> out of the group. Um, people who had finished the internship, we just offered three, uh, three jobs. So that's to help us with getting reviews done faster and getting the uploads done faster. 
So we have a we do have a bottleneck at both the upload stage and the editing stage. So right now it could take uh, a month, maybe I don't know, longer. I mean, yeah, probably. For being, yeah. for being honest, like there is a bottleneck there. So we're trying to reduce it at least, make it so that people who are you know, we don't want you to get to the end of your internship and you know not having had feedback. So we're really pushing hard to get more help there. But yeah, it could it could take a while, which is why we say don't wait. Like continue continue on with your your next topic. Um, but yeah, that we're, we're working on growing both of those teams, the editing team and the, uh, upload teams so that things actually are getting live. So I think we have something like, uh, only 250 articles live and there's probably about 800 or 900 of them in process. <laughs> so it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at for, for that. Any other questions? Um, uh, let's see how the company signed contact with ours. Michael, I'm not sure I understand your question, how the company signs the contact with ours. Um, thanks, Colt. Appreciate the kind words. Let me let in a few more people. We're up over 30. So, uh, Nabil, anything else we, you want to mention about that? Uh, about which one? Yeah, the consulting, potential consulting um, or you know, outsourcing. So, no, I think you've, you've had a pretty well covered so okay um and then um specifically yeah no good question it's a good question josh uh, you know we're trying we're working as hard as we can to try and um reduce some of those bottlenecks you know we're we're letting a lot fewer people into the internship now it's uh, the bar is much higher to try and kind of make sure we get our feet under us so we don't um have too many writers at once um michael asks how the company oh. has a contract with us. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I follow. Is this about the consulting business? Probably about the consulting business, but I'm not sure I understand. Um, if the article makes it to the ready to, you want to answer that one, Brand, uh, Nabil, the brand, Brandon's question? Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing from your end after that. It's just, uh, and uh, after it's ready for upload, we have our uploaders look at it, publish it online. That's pretty much it. So once it's ready for upload, there's nothing here. There's nothing for you to do once it's ready for upload. Yeah. That's your your. It's considered there. complete for you. Yeah. 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 Will the company sign the contract with ours? Oh, with you? No, I think you'd be working for us, and we'd be signing the contract with the company. And um, if you were to work with us, it would be a full time role, and we would bring you on to help with probably continue with the SEO work. But then when we have clients coming in, doing more like the valuation work and more of the financial modeling work, that type of stuff. Um, I think that answers your question. Uh, Abhiji, you had a question? Yeah, okay. So actually going off of valuation, I was wondering if you're doing like, if you're trying to make our own portfolio and we are using like DCF modeling, it usually takes like a lot of manual work power. Like it takes like 20 hours just to model a company and takes like literally it makes out like 20% we find some arbitrage of some sort. So like, can we optimize in some ways in that process? Is there any way we can do um, you're talking about discounted cash flows are a way to make it more efficient, yeah. the modeling of DCFs. Um, it depends what the use case is for. Are you trying to, I mean, are you, you're building it for your own portfolio, you said, for trading? Yeah. I think there's really, I mean, Nabil, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's any shortcuts, really. I mean, you, sometimes the hardest part is, is, yeah, sometimes the hardest part is kind of just the projections. You could if you had a license to like one of these other things, you could take like consensus projections. So you're not having to build out like a whole op 
crazy operating build um, and just try to try to get down to um, cash flow. Yeah, I was also thinking some of filtering processes. You can use some EV to EBITDA or something like that. Oh, comp like comps, evaluation metrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah filtering EVD, trading comps, EV to EBITDA, revenue to um, EV to revenue EV. If there's no cash flow or <laughs> things, uh, although those have been compressed, all those high growth companies that are trading at 10x revenue are now trading like you know two to three x revenue. Um, so yeah, you got to be careful, right? The time period you're looking at, but even precedent transactions, same thing. Um, if you take if you're taking the valuation modeling course from WSO, that's great, great practice in terms of getting yourself up to speed on how to do those. Ops. Um, I think even if you just look at one, but yeah, there's it's tough to say there's any shortcuts. I think I think comps tend to be easier because you can just grab them quickly, um, see the multiples pretty fast. Although you got to be careful because sometimes the way companies report. Um, you need to make adjustments for like one-time items. And that's a little bit more of a, an art than a science in terms of like, okay, what's a one-time item? What's a recurring item? What's one, what's something they're saying is one time, but it's actually recurring. Um, and so for like your personal portfolio that you're building, like you need to be a little bit more investigative around that to get comfortable. And it's a, it's hard. That's why a lot of people like subscribe to these, like uh, to these people who trade and do the, like manage these portfolios to, that, that run these analyses. Um, um, have you heard of a company at most, mostly borrowed ideas? Have you heard of that guy, MBI? No. He has a big Twitter follower. I actually followed through this. Uh, I used to watch this stream. He just used to make this DCF models, just putting on numbers on Excel. So I just tried to do that with myself and it just takes so yeah, I mean, many hours. To give you a sense of how long it takes, uh, this there's this guy who runs a subscription business. I think it's only $10 a month that he charges, mm -hmm. but he spends a whole month researching a company and trying to say whether he thinks it's a good, good or bad or where the valuation is an upside. And he runs a super detailed operating model, DC, DCF, all this stuff. And even then, sometimes he's like, and I don't feel like I know it because he's like, in terms of equity research analysts and like if they're spending time on few names and covering, covering them in super in depth, he's like talking to those people. He's actually doing channel checks. He's talking. So like, that's, that's where it becomes really hard. And that's why a lot of people say you can't really beat the market. It's relatively efficient in terms of at any given time. That's what makes it hard. Yeah. Um, did that help at all or no? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. reference other people's work. That's definitely helpful, I guess. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, if you're going mean, to try to do like 100 DCF, there's there's other ways to do it. Like if you're trying to build algorithm, I know, remember you're like more into the al algorithmic trading. There's ways to do. I was, that's what kind of my ideal thing is. I'm trying to just merge those two things. I think there's never a thing between those things. Either it's completely fundamental or it's completely like just computational. So I'm trying to somehow merge those things. And I think the hard part is the pure computational technical analysis that's using all these signals is immediate or almost immediate. It's a very short term, yeah. And the fundamental analysis, you're only getting quarterly results, right? And it's super chunky. And even when you get that quarterly result out, probably takes several hours at least at a minimum, even if you have a thing ready to, to update the model and then put up, but that's what happens every quarter. That's why it's crazy for these equity research analysts. Every time a new quarter comes out, they're literally just sprinting to get their models updated and try to figure out, was that good or was that a bad quarter? Right. So sometimes the headline numbers look good, but actually, you know, they gave guidance that it's that, you know, revenue is going to be, you know, in middle of the range, but actually that you thought that they were going to be high into the range of their guidance. And suddenly, boom, that, that drops your price target by, you know, whatever, 20%. So like, that's a, 
yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool doing what you said. I just think it's it's hard to merge it, right? Yeah. I think there are there are funds that do that though. They'll have a, they'll have like a more fundamental team and a more technical team, and the technical team is telling the fundamental team like we're getting these signals here, and if the fundamental team agrees, hey, this is a good entry price based on what I'm seeing, then it. Uh, yeah. So there's. I feel some- like that's the only point. Just getting the entry. That's the only way we can actually use computation in terms of fundamental. Yeah, you mean that use the technical to figure out if it's a good a good like at least they have to yeah. match up with the mm-hmm, in a sense. Yeah, I mean the technical can sometimes miss the news, right? If there's a, I mean it doesn't make sense to use technical completely. Yeah, mathematical. Well, some people thing. argue you can use technical completely, and da da da. Then they'll try to sell you a trading uh, software for three hundred dollars a month, and then you realize, wait a second, if this really worked, why would they sell this to me for three hundred dollars a month? <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. Um, <laughs> But you can you can learn a lot from some really smart people um, in terms of how to analyze businesses, and I, I think it's a good practice either way because it's you're building great skills for the for the long run. Yeah. Um, Paul's asking, do I think it would be a very steep uphill battle to go from a sales and trading internship to a hedge fund analyst for full time? Um, might be tough right out of school, Paul, just because. I think most hedge funds don't take kids right out of school. So like in order to break into it as a hedge fund role right out of school, you got to be like, um, it's not that the internship is like holding you back or helping you that much. It's, it's good because it shows like you probably hustled to get an internship. But I think what's more important is showing that you actually have some sort of um, like either detailed research edge or something to the hedge fund that like where you can bring value. I think that's, and that's going to be mostly based on like the ideas and your write-ups and your, your thesis and your track record and all that stuff. If you can show it. That's where like branding yourself online. If you have like a long history of like writing for a year or two years about different names, I think that's where it can really come in handy. Although a lot of people were doing that and thinking they're geniuses for like when the bull market was happening for like <laughs> 12 years. And then like suddenly, boom, the market hits and like, okay, now, you know, who was actually, you know, who was actually timing this right? Who had wrote, who had rotated en- enough out of growth, stuff like that, um, where they didn't get hit at, as badly, right? So I know I didn't, I didn't rotate out enough or, or as aggressively as I should have. So it's one, it's one, uh, one sample size. So um, what else? Should we jump to the resume review? Maybe. All right, let's do it. All right, we have a non-resume here as well. Let's see, can you guys see the screen? Let me try to make this bigger. Zoom. Let's make it 120. There we go. Let's get rid of this. Okay. Drink this so we can see better. So, okay, here's on the right, I just have our... Uh, our template on the left is the resume we received to review. Um, right off the bat, so one thing I'll say about like, um, and the, the person here in the anonymous resume is targeting, I think, consulting or business analyst role. So it's going to be a little bit different than some of the um, some of like the banking type specific advice I would give. Although, you know, coming out of undergrad it's still important to have similar things. So a couple of things, 
Um, I probably, let's just track changes here. Uh, review, track changes. I think probably this is a, a waste of space right here. Um, I would do similar bachelor of science and business administration finance major. Like you could just have it in one line. And I would, again, bring it over to this format. It's a little bit cleaner. Um, these are super dark lines. Um, it's nice to have, it helps my eye, but I don't think you need to have like these bold lines all the way across because your alignment looks pretty bad here. Like if you're going to, I would right align that if you're going to keep these bold lines, this looks like it's floating somewhere on the inside. It sounds super anal and crazy, but when you get in, if you're going to a top consulting firm or recruiting for consulting, the, the level of detail is crazy in terms of presentation. Because So like notice something else, um, white space, you're not using any white space to help my eye. You're jamming up the next section right up against this bullet, um, which makes it really hard for me to read. So like you'll notice here, there's a little bit of space here. There's a little bit of space here. That's, it helps the eye kind of scan through the, um, scan through the uh, resume easier. Are you with me, Anon? I don't know if he's unmuted. Yep, I'm with you. Okay, cool. So like, yeah, I don't think you need to use this much space for this Bachelor of Science and that it's great that you're, uh, you know, have these. Are these all majors? Yep. They are? Okay, so you could say triple major. And um, now if you're going to do consulting, hmm, I'd probably want to do management first then marketing and then info i know actually they're all good actually for consulting whatever you think a minor and then minor business analytics like this is great um but again you might want to have this in one line um, or two lines since you have so much um then the gpa you bring up um the other thing you might want to do here is uh listen relevant coursework to get more um so like here we'll say financial statement analysis advanced financial da, da, da. so for like consulting if there was a strategy course did you do any like strategy coursework or anything uh yeah strategic management yeah so like get that in there relevant coursework anything around like accounting and other stuff that that you did yep uh, basics of accounting um financial and managerial accounting that's uh, the basics yeah but i'd get that in there because managerial accounting is pretty important, especially for consulting, because like you're looking at different units and the economics of different uh, business units and stuff. Got it. Um, so I'd get that in there. So just, just a line for relevant coursework. Uh, see if I can mute. I'm getting a lot of background noise, but you guys can just make sure you're on mute. Um, and then in terms of like, so skills, rather than having skills up so high, I'd kind of like lit, uh, loop it in with uh, certifications. Got it. So bring this down to the bottom uh, under, you know, just, just, just had to have work experience or say relevant work experience. So like, you know, um, and then I would definitely have the WSO internship listed there. Got it. Um, along with kind of how we, we drafted it here. Um, yeah. Like this, you can even try to get this onto two rows. If you need the space, you can get that onto two rows. Right. Um, so basically yeah, get the WSO one in there. Um, marketing intern, let's see, communicate with all the parts. So, okay, let's talk about the, there's there's too many bullets here. There's too much like bolded stuff, but get, let's just say for now, let's just move this down here and we'll talk about it after. Let's go to the work experience, which is more important and talk about your um, your your bullets specifically. So global education office, peer recruiter and orientation leader. Was this a 
paid internship during school? What is this? Uh, so it's basically I was uh, I welcome the new students and I work with the office right now uh, for the new students. So I serve as a link between professors and the international uh, prof- professor staff with the students. Got it. Okay. So that's really good because it shows you're like a leader, you're helping orientation, you're good with communicating with people, but I don't think it should be four bullets. It sounds like it's a little bit more like, I think you want to give the space to the stuff that's a little bit more like technical shows you have skills. Um, this is like, this is a lot of space to give something like that. Let me look, let me read the marketing intern and uh, let's see. Algani Auto, summer communicated a person sure available marketing events and create marketing campaigns for new vehicle models helped sponsor content so like first comment on on all these bullets is like Mm -hmm. you're not quantifying anything got it like you need to quantify everything that's the first comment like you literally have no numbers in any of this you don't tell me like how many you don't tell me what the result was you're just saying you know i kind of did this with this so like i'll give you an example assistant international student orientation how many students have you helped approximately you know uh, assistant over da, 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 da. um you know tell me more about that well what you know maybe the result of that is they were, were just more comfortable so it's hard to quantify but at least tell me how many students you worked with um recruit potential students via email and the and the unibuddy app um how did you do that tell me that's kind of a little bit more interesting because that's a little bit like salesy and marketing like what do you um how many leads did you go through via email how many emails did you send um you know i have no idea what this unibuddy app is so i have no clue what what that means or if so it's-, it's basically a partnered app with a university where uh, students who are interested in the university can talk to uh, uh, students who already are present in the university so yep. if they okay want- that makes sense so like i think just tell me how many how many phone calls you did over how many weeks um Got it, uh, you know that stuff and did any of do you have any of the data around the people who talked to you actually ended up coming i could get it when i go back but that would right be really now, cool i'd be like you know spoke with uh 32 let me give you an example of a bullet that looks much more interesting spoke with 32 potential students via e- uh via com or you forget the unibody yeah like no one's gonna know what that is you can say via email and phone um to um resulting in five students joining full t- uh, joining the university um, conversion rate of that at a higher that higher you know 2x higher than the average um, what do you want to call this uh, peer recruiter got it and it shows like oh you're actually were, you're good at selling you're actually good at like communicating and showing them what the benefits of the school were got it okay um, synthesize proper communication between current students in correct department and that's kind of like feels like a soft bullshit um bullet you don't think you really adds much there um and this informed potential students of all the amenities student pleasure that's kind of the same as the recruit potential students i just think make that second bullet bigger and stronger and you can remove these next two got it and then once you put in the wso you're gonna need space for that um that's gonna make things look better um and then let's talk a little bit about so it'll go WSO, Global Education Officer, a couple of bullets, communicate with all departments to ensure vehicle availability. So like, which departments? Um, is this like an inventory check or something like that? Uh, so we were shooting ads for uh, the vehicles and we had to make sure that the car was not booked by a client or it was not going out for a test drive. 
Yeah. Or it wasn't going out to any of the staff members if they required it. So and that's I good, but it's, it's a little adminish work, right? It's it's mm -hmm. not really using your brain. It's like, oh, let me check if it's available on the system. Got it. I mean, do you agree? Am I wrong? Am I wrong there? Is there some sort of like complexity there that I'm missing? I mean, there was no complexity. Uh, it was, it's, I basically just had to go to each and every department. It was not a spreadsheet per se, but I just had to make sure that it wasn't booked. So it, it is a more of an admin role than. Yeah. So like company. how much value is this adding? So let me keep going. Assisted in creating marketing campaigns for new vehicle models. This is more interesting. Uh, were you doing this? What were you doing? What programs were you using in this marketing campaign? Um, we were just uh, mapping out ideas as to how we could promote the product and what, in PowerPoint. Uh, in PowerPoint. Yeah, in PowerPoint. Okay, great. This is in creating seven marketing campaigns in PowerPoint across seven new vehicle models, across five new vehicle models uh, during uh, during my three month tenure. Got it. Okay, leading to in, uh, a twenty percent. Uh, year over year gain on uh, sales of these models. Got it. Or I don't know, compared to previous. I mean, I'm not sure about the actual number as to how the. Yeah, and that that last number that I threw in there, that's like the dream scenario. If you can get those numbers, great. Um, if not, just giving more information around how many marketing campaigns you use it in PowerPoint. That's relevant, so it shows. Oh, I mean, he probably has some PowerPoints and marketing skills. That's good for consulting. Consulting is like PowerPoint heavy, right? So you, you yep. want to scream PowerPoint all over this. You don't want to be necessarily screaming linear regression, logistic regression, discriminant analysis. Good. Right. Although this is good because this, this makes me feel like, okay, he has the, the analytical chops to be able to handle any sort of, you know, complex work, but I want to see really you're good at marketing. You're good at PowerPoint. You're good at presentations and you're a good communicator. Good. Okay. So, um, Helped in forming partnership and sponsorship contracts with other companies. Super vague. Tell me how many, how much, how much money. Uh, it was just one contract, but it was a big contract. Um, I don't remember the number, but I could get the number again because I'm still in touch with uh, my boss. Yeah, helped in forming. I mean, what does that mean? You, did you like generate the lead? Did you deal with the partner? Did you, were you on the call? Even if it's just one, you know, 200,000 or 50,000 partnership contract, that's good for an intern. It's amazing, right? Even, I was on the call. I didn't do much, but I was just observing. And I also uh, went through the whole contract and uh, spotted errors. Okay. Well, I mean, even that, like maybe you, it's not you helping forming the partnership really then it's more like you supporting the partnership. So you're supporting a $50,000 sponsorship contract, uh, contract, um, with the, with the, it's a dealership, right? Yep. With the dealership, um, uh, through contract review, um, you know, resulting in whatever, if you could say something like quantify in terms of like, did you find a lot of, error, you know, savings of X, Y, Z or something like that. But if you can't, it's okay. If you just said helped, uh, you know, or supported contract review with the largest partner sponsorship dealership da, 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 of over $50,000, something like that. It shows you have technical, like attention to detail, stuff like that. So it's good. Uh, recommended marketing strategies to boost sales. Again, it's vague. What types of marketing strategies? Email, phone, what? What specifically? Did it result in any changes? Did you guys actually implement any of them? That's much more interesting to me and what they're going to ask you in the interview. Got it. So just give me a little more meat here, a little more details, a little more numbers, or just or just remove it. Got it. Okay. Um, so yeah, this could be two or three bullets. This probably two. 
Um, you'll have three with WSO. It'll look it'll much much uh, better on the work experience once you have that. Formatting, again, these need to be right aligned or just to move it to this format. Again, easy way to move it to this format. You take this, you copy a line, copy unformatted text. You don't, you don't bring in the formats from over here to here. So you just go line by line, copy unformatted text, copy unformatted text, and then you can and then you can work in here once you're in the new template. So you don't have to like, if you start copying and pasting in, it starts, it'll start messing it all up. It's a disaster. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, looks like you have a spelling error right here. Oh no, that's actually name. Borat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate because it looks like you're like potentially supposed to be bored. I mean, <laughs> like a board seat, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. What is this conference presentation? Yeah, so it was an article that me and my colleague did, which was uh, which our professor really liked, and he took it to a presentation, and it was going to get published. Did it get published? A, it was supposed to, but he's told me it's been delayed. Okay, so um, that's not clear from this bullet at all, like that you authored an article or helped co-author an article? Uh, it's all three of us are co-authors. Co you what? Uh, it's co-author. That's fine. Three are co -authors what do you think you need to say co-authored a research paper on supply chain disruption during the pandemic? I think people okay. can do that. Like, I don't know what Saskatchewan, Getty, Borat. So the, so the three are the three names of people who are, are, are three names of the co-authors. Basically. Yeah, and that means nothing to me. As a, I'm reading this, I'm reading this resume. I have no idea. I don't care their names. Makes sense. <laughs> I care. What did you do? <laughs> you co-authored the supply chain disruption, an article on supply chain disruption during the pandemic. That's interesting. Now I have something to ask you about. And that's actually really right. interesting. And I probably, a lot of the, I hope you know the article really well because a lot of the interview might be on that. How did Got you it. do the research? What was it about? Um, how did you even get involved with that? Right? Got it. Cool? Yep. Awesome. Um, and then, let's see. And then for this stuff here at the bottom, so, okay. I think that's good, but I don't think it needs a whole other section, by the way. Conference presentation. I would put that under... Um, additional information and have it be almost under like uh, under like certifications or under instead of computer, let's see, like this stuff, Python R, pivot tables, visualization, Tableau, Power BI, R, all this stuff um, should be under like a, a skills level and you have a lot, right? So I think what you want to do is have this go, the skills line, probably go to two lines. Then modeling, I think uh, you'll want to have like completed Wall Street Oasis, self-study courses, uh, evaluation, m and modeling, LBO modeling, or have something more uh, consulting friendly. So maybe there's a uh, case in point or uh, strategy books you could put here. Um, okay. like, how, like Porter's Five Forces, something where it shows you're, you're a student of consulting and of strategy consulting. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe instead of modeling and it being so finance heavy, because you already are going to seem really, really analytical and skilled on the, on the skills portion, if you're putting all this linear regression, and again, I, I don't think you need linear regression, logistic regression, discrimination. I don't think the whole point of the resume is not to like dump all these skills you have on you. The point is to get across the fact that you have a lot of skills around data manipulation and 
and this stuff, right? The problem with all these skills is it doesn't look like you used a lot of it in any of your work experience. Am I right or wrong on that? You're right. How about in the article or in the research in the article? Did you use any of them there? Barely. Barely? Not really. Okay. Um, so my point is like, it's good you had that all that, but like, it's taking, it's like a huge portion top of your resume right now. I think you need to move it down. Say you have these skills. Um, it would actually be more, it would be more believable to me, Anand, if you were to say, I love calling you Anand, by the way. Um, <laughs> if, if you would tell me like your, your actual skill level on these. So like okay. Python and R, which one are you better at? R, definitely. Okay, so you could do R, expert, Python, intermediate, Excel, intermediate, pivot tables, expert, visualizations, expert, Tableau, beginner, Power BI, beginner, something like that. Okay. Um, and maybe remove the beginner and only have the intermediate and the expert because you don't necessarily Definitely. want to be dri drilled. If you say you're an expert at pivot tables, they should suddenly start asking something about index match and you just get confused or, uh, or pivot tables. And, um, and then... Uh, in terms of machine learning, I doubt you'll get challenged on that, but are you an expert in this stuff? Uh, with regression and uh, discriminant, yes, but k-means clustering is still a work in progress. So I'd remove that uh, okay. unless you're applying to more, uh, like, it, unless you're applying to roles that are much, that, that would use this. So if you're applying for a business analytics role, you might want to, you might want two kind of versions of the resume, one that's a little bit more consulting based and one more analysis based exactly yeah. like you know because i know with data analysts and, and business analysts this is this could be really helpful and they'll want to see that but if consult strategy consulting especially they're going to be like mm, i get your point and so i think it would probably be better i mean computer networking web design the whatever right i don't think that that's unless yeah, you're that an expert matter. unless you're an expert in some of these you know you may want to throw it in down here but it could probably go without it's not that um that interesting unless unless again you're applying for more technical roles mm -hmm. okay got it um now let's talk about certifications uh what's an excel yellow belt uh, it was just a certificate that we were forced to do in class to show that we're professional in excel and our professor was like put on your resume and what is it why, has why not a black belt <laughs> yeah i had the same question they call it a yellow belt yeah they call it a yellow belt sadly there is a black belt though how do you get to it you have to take it uh you have to buy the course i think so and then take the black belt so but the school paid for it uh i don't think they prefer the black belt they prefer the yellow one and we paid out of pocket it was part of our course material so got it okay you might want to just replace with like, instead of like some- I'd probably replace it with the WSY Excel course. Yeah, you may want to do more like of the keywords from the Excel course okay. under like the modeling. Um, so like, rather than saying like a yellow belt, which I have no idea, level two, I have no idea what that means. Just tell mm -hmm. me more specifically, like in the modeling section, interest down here, tell me more specifically, like what you can, like pivot tables, that's where I would put this stuff like- uh, index match, data manipulation, um, sorting, you know, advanced sorting. Uh, you could even do stuff around um, saying you understand uh, what's called validation and uh, a couple of, but the more advanced stuff in all the Excel, in our Excel modeling course, put that stuff in there because then they'll be like, oh, okay. 
um, they are actually proficient in Excel. They're not just saying it here. And then maybe, like I said, maybe you don't have a computer thing here because it's less relevant for consulting and you can have it for your data analyst roles. You could have more of this data, um, this Tableau, Power BI, and R and visualizations. It's more important. Got it. Okay. And then the certifications, yeah. uh, I think this is good. Fundamentals of digital marketing, Google Analytics for beginners. I think that's good for certifications. Um, and even put, you could put like um, the Excel credential and certification for, um, for the WSO if you've taken that course and finished it. Yep. And then what do you have for interests? Nothing. I, I have not put anything for interest. What are your interests? What do you do outside of school? You know, these days I'm into cryptocurrency. Looking at the market fall gives me joy, surprisingly. Looking at the what? Market fall gives me joy. <laughs> okay. Um, in terms of uh, why? I mean, uh, the more the market falls, the more convinced I would uh, I would be putting more money in, basically. So it's it's getting more value for my buck, basically. Okay, but you're talking about crypto specifically or the, or the stock market? Uh, crypto specifically. And uh, I used to be interested in the stock market. I still am, but I'm just more interested in crypto right now because, yeah, I, I don't think stock the stock market fall by like 20% in a day. So, yeah. So are you, um, so you're an investor in crypto? Yep. So are you up or down? Not heavy. I'm down, definitely. I'm down. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to highlight that on your resume. Yeah, I should be up in 2024 for sure, but not right now. Right. Or there could be a crypto winter for five years instead of three. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be Bitcoin. I'm, okay, I invest in guy have crypto too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hater. I just don't know for a consulting or for a, like I'm thinking of the people you're going to be interviewing with. The data analyst role people actually are probably more crypto bros than the consulting, <laughs> believe it or not, because they're more technical. They appreciate blockchain probably a little bit more. Definitely. So Definitely. I think you might want to have like for interest, if you're going to put crypto and trading crypto as an interest here, you just want to be very careful because mm -hmm. they might ask you like, okay, what uh, are you, tell me about DeFi or tell me about this. They might, if there's somebody who really knows their crypto, they could start drilling on you. Mm -hmm. And if you're comfortable doing that, that's great. If you're not, just be careful, like putting that as an interest. Um, any other, anything else you like doing? I mean, I've, I've been working out, but I don't think I could put that in. Any sports? I used to play cricket. I play table tennis. Okay. Are you good at table tennis? Do you watch any sports? Any sports teams? Cricket, definitely cricket. Okay. You could put cricket here. And then um, are you a fan of any specific team? Uh, India, definitely. <laughs> okay. But there's no, there's no like club teams there that play? Uh, so in uh, crickets, basically, there are leagues that happen with countries, like within countries. Got and it. I okay. only watch the... Um, okay, I'm just trying to think, like, can you get more specific on any of your interests? So I think putting cricket okay. would be good. I think putting crypto would be good. Um, maybe not for the consulting ones, but for the data analyst. Can I put something like poker or something in? You Can you put what? Poker. Poker, yeah. I think poker would be great. Uh, but I'd be even more specific than this is poker. It's Texas, Texas, no limit or other types of poker limit. Uh, yeah, I don't play with actual cash. Uh, we just play for fun. That's okay. But Texas, no, uh, Texas Hold'em or which, which one? Uh, Texas Hold'em. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I'd write, I'd write that. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then 
What about travel? Definitely. Okay. Travel. How many countries have you traveled to? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure I've traveled to around 10. Okay. So it's borderline, but um, you could say travel and, um, you know, it's something you really enjoy doing and da, da, da. You could say travel, you know, since, you know, you're from, um, I won't say to give it away where you're, where you're from, but, you know, clearly you've traveled a far distance. <laughs> um, okay. So any questions around this or does anybody else have questions around some of the advice? Oh, and then uh, we're not done actually, because this leadership and community work, mm-hmm. um, this is again, the same bullet problems that we had above with no quantification at all. They're going to be okay. like, I mean, especially this club international treasure analyze the yearly budget and forecast of future expenses. I mean, this is, a, this is going to put me to sleep. Like, yeah, I could easily quantify that. Definitely. Easily quantify that. And like, well, what did you, you know, did you help do anything? Uh, I could funds for specific events that would bring in revenue. How much revenue did you bring in? What, how many, how many events, which events, uh, negotiate with finance department to approve funds. You mean for your club? Yep. Uh, so we had an event and we wanted some funds and the finance board was pretty reluctant on it. And we came to an understanding as to why we need the funds. And so I think that's good for your interview. I don't think it needs a bullet on the resume. I think that's a really good story to have for your interview to show how you work through something that where there's a disagreement. Got it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's kind of funny that like you're an internal, like part of the club and you're like, are you're, you're negotiating with your own finance department to get approved for a club. Like it's theoretically, you're all on the same team, right. In the, in a, in a way. Yeah. But, uh, they, uh, they think that we're going to waste the money. So they don't want to give the fund to students. So, so I think yeah. better to, rather than show that like negotiation, show me that you actually generated funds for the club Got it. and how much and, and how much that was over the expected or whatever. Um, you know, what percentage did you overachieve quota or whatever, or what your estimate was presented the finance board with detailed expense reports for events. Okay. Yeah. Again, kind of a blah, whatever. Um, let's see. Motivate students to voice out their concerns. Yeah. These could be like two bullets designing a rough website for the club. Uh, what does that mean? A rough website designing. So did you put up the website or not? Uh, it's in the process. Okay. So, um, maybe remove that until it's up. Got it. Um, cause you may ask what's the, what's the domain, pull up their smartphone, look at it. Yeah. Makes sense. And that looks bad. Um, and then we talked about like, instead of certifications, having to send additional information or, um, section with kind of more bringing a lot of this stuff down right and being a little bit more um in that format so i think yeah this could be definitely you can save a lot of space here save a lot of space bringing this down this is work experience is going to be pop almost double uh, you're going to remove some of these bullets but with the wso it's going to almost double in size mm-hmm. you're going to save some space here by bringing this up it's going to be more like two bullets with a little bit more length here um you can also save some space if you bring it over in the header this is a ton of space you're wasting right up here Got it. Okay. If you bring it over to this format, it's going to, that's going to make it fit as well. And I'm happy to take a look once you're done with all these edits. Perfect. Um, any questions about not just, not just from you, anyone else have questions around this or, or thoughts that I missed? For the, again, some in the chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Can you read some? Cause I don't have yeah. it pulled up. 
And um, this is remember, this is for consulting. So it's a little bit different than like an investment banking thing. We don't want to be screaming finance all over it. Um, I would say yeah. that Anon has a little bit too much in the like, this is this is more like a data analyst resume. This would do much better on a data analyst application than it would on a consulting. Um, yep. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, no problem. Oh, uh, by the way, you your GPA is kind of hidden. It's excellent. Like it should definitely be right up there, the first bullet right under. Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, Nabil. Oh, no, uh, do you think it's good to add Tesco's for management consulting roles? I don't have SAT ACT, just have TOEFL International Baccalaureate exam scores. A great question. So uh, what were the what were the percentiles? If I'd say if it's uh, 90th percentile or above, I, I don't think it's it, it hurts. If it's like 95th percentile or above, definitely include it. Um, if it's like 80th percentile, I wouldn't. And then the next question is also for remote jobs. What should you put for the location? Portion? Let me actually caveat that. It's let's say you have a really going back to the scores. Let's say you have a really yeah. bad GPA. <laughs> like this isn't the case here, but let's say you had a two nine GPA and you so you have to leave it off, and you have an eighty fifth percentile TOEFL and some other or GMAT, and you scored a six eighty or seven hundred on the GMAT. In that case, I might actually put those on. Because it's you're trying to show them like something quantifiable that like okay you have the intellectual intellectual rigor to actually complete the job, whereas the GPA is going to make them doubt you, right? Um, so so that's the only caveat I'll say. If you're really weak on the GPA side, including those scores slightly below 90 percentile might actually help you a little bit. But I'd say below 80th definitely not, unless you're applying to like much less competitive positions. But go ahead, Bill. Oh yeah. Uh, the other question was for remote jobs. What should you put for the location part? Hmm. Great question. Um, you could put remote. Um, I think it looks better to have a location, and so you could just put the headquarters of the company. So, for example, here we have Saratoga, California, it's where the business is located. So you could do that. Um, yeah, I would just use the the location, or if you're like. I would say even if like you're right outside of like New York, if you're like in Queens or something, just put New York, New York, don't put like Queens, New York, just put New York, New York. It's just, it's a borough of New York. So if you're in the metropolitan like region of a specific city, don't put like the, the borough, put the actual city there because it's just much more relatable. And plus you probably will have visited the city while you're there or theoretically, if you're remote, maybe not, but at least it's more um, relatable. Any other questions? Uh if the article state is ready for upload, could I use it on my resume as a reference or not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And do you think it's good to add LinkedIn URL in the header? Great the name, I guess. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. And that's not in our, our, our template, but I think you could definitely add that. You could put it, um, here, let me share my screen again. I can show you how to potentially do that cleanly. Um, here under here, you could do like a vertical line and go LinkedIn and just link this right here to your LinkedIn. That way you're not taking a lot of space, it's clean. Um, when you PDF this, again, you shouldn't be sending out your resume um, as a Word document because when people open it up with different versions of Word, they can completely mess up the, the way it looks. You should PDF it so it's much more stable. Um, and then P and the PDFs can hold the links. 
Um, I don't like the way this looks with the blue email. So I usually like to like change it back to black. It's still clickable. So they, they can click on it if they want in the PDF. Same thing with your LinkedIn link. I wouldn't have like the only place where there's blue on your resume is right here. It's just another little formatting nit that shows attention to detail. Any other questions, Nabil? Uh, or did we? Yeah, that's okay, uh, more. one more. I think. There's 20 more. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with certifications and press investment banks. Hmm. Which certifications impress investment banks? Modeling um, I don't think the CFA hurts. I just don't think it's that helpful um, in terms of investment banking if you're talking front office. Um, I think more, like, more important like is like WSO ones, yeah? Yeah, I think just showing... Modeling. Showing modeling on your resume, showing that you've taken the time for self-study I think is is probably more important and having like relevant internships is a lot more important than like some any sort of certification you can get. Um, but you know, having gone through that and actually quantifying how many hours you've put into it, you know, you just got to be careful. You don't want 200 hours of financial self-study financial modeling training. You better be ready to talk about depreciation flowing through the cash flow, you know, through the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement. You better be ready to, to do all those questions. If you say you're valuation model, you take the valuation modeling course, you better know the ways of valuing a company, trading comps. You better know that the common multiples, what it means, all that stuff, not just write it down. Because um, it may help you get the interview, but then you're just going to get blown out. Um, and go home crying. No, just kidding. I don't think you'll cry, but <laughs> um, Anon, you have a question about your resume. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you think you should change the format if I'm applying for business analyst roles as well to the format on the right? Um, I think so, but I, I would put more, uh, your skill section will definitely be much broader and it would, you could even, you could even increase this by two or three lines. So it's something where you could have like a data, you could combine data, data uh, manipulation, visualization to one for example, and put these, you could do um, machine learning into one, right? Got it. But I would definitely put it down here because um, you haven't really done it in your work experience. It's still like, it's still self-study skills. I rather have more like information around like how many hours you spent in each of these programs or like giving the reader an indication of expert level versus inter intermediate. And you can do that all here. Got it. Um, and I'm not saying you limit this. This could be seven high. I wouldn't go much more than seven because then it starts okay. looking kind of odd if you're like, you're all the way up to here. <laughs> if you're like all the way up to here, like it's going to start looking odd. Um, but yeah, as an undergrad, they're not going to expect you to have like a bunch of necessarily data analyst internships. It would, it would have been better, right? If in, you, mm -hmm. instead of doing marketing, and um, even WSO, if you had worked with us for like data manipulation and Tableau, doing working on our Tableau, it'd probably be better for your um, applications to data analysts, right? Yep. Um, but still, this is good. I mean, it shows that you're like actually putting in a lot of work and um, you're more familiar with like these. And I don't know, what, what have you chosen for, for articles, if it's articles around data analytics and stuff? Um, I've gone more towards trading. Why? And strategy, because strategy, because of consulting. Strategy for consulting, okay, yeah. And trading, because uh, I actually liked learning about the different indicators. Okay, okay. So, but yeah, I mean, sort of the data analyst stuff, yeah, I think I would I would still move it down because um, I still think this is a little messy. Makes sense. And I think it, it'll look much cleaner here and it'll still look good. You just need to give, give me more details on each of these and maybe cut out some of the 
computer networking, web, the less impressive ones or the ones that you're a little weaker in. Got it. Do you think I could showcase the skills by projects? I would normally say yes, that would be great. Um, you mean projects you've done in school or self? Uh, I've learned the skills in school, but uh, the projects I've done, I'm doing on my own. You typically don't do... It's a good question because I think you're talking about you're you're talking about specifically for a data analyst resume, right? Uh, yeah. You could um, if you want to make it more. If you want to leave this smaller, and instead of leadership, you cut out a lot of this BS and you expand more on specifically these, like project. Mm -hmm. um, you could say instead of leadership and community work, you could just do. Um, you could just literally. I mean, because the community work, you already got a lot of that in this peer recruiter stuff, right? You could put it in more around in here as one line, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for data, you could say data analytic, uh, data analytic projects here as a whole section. And you could have two, two projects and talk about like data manipulation, visualization. You could talk more specifically about that. I think that would be very strong and powerful for um, data analyst roles. Yes. Got it. Perfect. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. Um, and that would feature it a little bit more, right? Because I, I think you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck from that rather than um, this leadership and community work. Got it. I still think you want this. Um, you just want to make it shorter. Yeah, shorter. Yeah. And, and qu still quantify it. You still want it in there, but just give me some numbers, man. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. You're screaming for numbers all around this <laughs> resume. Um, Tom, go ahead. Oh, hi, Patrick. Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you great. Okay. Um, so I was wondering, um, can we get like a copy of the template on the right side? Like yeah. the example. Yeah, Nabil, um, can you send it in the chat, the link to that? Oh, I just did some. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I just did, yeah. Oh, okay. And then second question is, um, would, would interest like be a huge thing? Like would people really or um, you know, recruiters would look at it, your interests and stuff. Cause I, I had it, but I took it out because somebody told me like, nobody cares what you do, man. They just want to see what you, what you've done and what you have accomplished. So. That's a horrible advice. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, I want to hear your advice on that. Yeah. It's horrible advice. Not because it's going to necessarily stop you from getting interviews, but when you have the interviews and the person pulls your resume out and they guess what, they haven't reviewed it guess what they're going to look for to break the ice? Oh, yeah, you're it's right. The first thing they're looking at. They're like, oh, so you like to run? Or, oh, you're, so you're a poker player. Oh, me too. What, what do you play? Oh, have you ever da, da, da. Boom. Suddenly, there's a mutual connection. There's something, oh, you like to travel. I mean, maybe there's nothing that they know about. Maybe it's you're like, oh, you're an Olympic, you know, curler or like whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, you did that. Wow. That's cool. Tell me more about that. And then suddenly half the interview could be about an interest that makes you like more interesting or dynamic as a person. So it may not help you like land interviews as much. Um, it's less important. That stage is really important in the interview stage, I feel like. And it could help you land interviews if there's somebody, if there's shared interest from the person that's looking through it. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. No worries. That's why I said it's bad advice. <laughs> uh yeah go ahead and on i have a question i've heard some advice about bsing numbers on my resume yes great what question bullshitting numbers on resumes tell me about it go what's your question 
is it a good thing? Because there is no way to confirm it. And I'm, I, I, I always thought, what's the point of BSing something? Why, why don't you stand your own two feet? But then if it could give you a competitive edge because there's no way to confirm it, what do you think about it? I think um, if you're bullshitting numbers that don't really matter so much, um, it's not the number, it's not the amount so much, is the fact that you're showing the person reading your resume that you understand how to sell. Mm-hmm. How to sell yourself. That's all the resume is. It's selling yourself. So I always say, actually, err on the side of conservative numbers, but give me numbers if you, as okay. much as you can. So it's not about overinflating what you did because then you can get called out and be like, really? You increased the, the revenue of that business as an intern by 30%, really? Then you're going to get called out and you're going to look like it, it's going to go really poorly. Right. Exactly. But if you're by like five percent, what do you think? But if you say something like um, helped save three percent on the largest account, da da da, saving the company three thousand dollars, something like that, it's totally believable and it's great. It shows that like you had a small win and helped the business somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're able to quantify it. So it's it's not trying to be like you came in and ran the business and you're like this crazy guru. It's more about just showing that um, you had an impact. Right. Makes sense. And even if it's you feel like it's the most admin boring work, you can at least quantify how you were able to shovel that much shit through your internship. Because guess what? A lot of this job is uh, at the entry level is shoveling a lot of that. And all the tedious BS work is going to flow down to you. You got to be able to be willing to do it and do it with a smile on your face. So if you can say cold call 300, uh, 320 plus people per week, guess what? A lot of them will be like, that's actually really good. <laughs> you know, for like people like, wow, he actually did that. Like, and they may challenge you on it. Be like, you really called that many people for week? Be like, yeah, they actually wanted me to do 450, but you know, I couldn't like, I couldn't get through all of them just because like, you know, occasionally one would go an hour, but then I'd get hung up on like for the next 80 of them. And then, <laughs> you know, if you can talk to it. So like a good interviewer will be able to kind of tell if you're BSing because then they'll start asking like, what was your best call? What was your worst? You know, what was this? Tell me like, what was the percentage of people that would actually not hang up on you? Well, give me rough numbers. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, but if you actually did it, um, you should be able to answer some of those questions. You know what I mean? At least yeah, makes sense. ballpark. I mean, now when you put that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, they've done studies actually showing that numbers on your resume, like quantif- quantifications, it just makes it so much more tangible. And it's not mm-hmm. about like lying. It's about just, giving the person something to hold on to like our brains need something to hold on to in terms of quantification it just makes it more understandable of like it, it gives me a framework in my mind of like oh he worked on three presentations okay he helped you know i think you said here like uh to ensure you know for new vehicle models how many models 20 models two models i have I no idea five. five yeah cool um and maybe i'm a car person and i want to know oh what models <laughs> oh let's talk about cars I mean, I could actually. Yeah, that makes, Jesus. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You see what I'm saying? Like, give me something to hang on to. Don't give me these vague BS bullets. Like, I know you feel like you didn't do much there, but you actually probably did a lot more than you think if you can quantify the stuff. I mean, look at how we wrote the bullets for Wall Street as finance research analyst intern. Realistically, you're doing research and writing about a topic. But like the way we wrote it, it's like I wrote 50,000 words across 20 articles in these specific topics Suddenly you're like, whoa, the person's like, whoa, okay. Oh, I did over 200 hours of self-study. The person would be like, wow, they did a lot, right? 
Uh-huh. And it is a lot. This this internship is a lot, but it's it's something where like you're 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 giving them something like that you can't fake you can't fake. Like they're able to hold on to it. They're able to give you full credit. They're able to give you so much more credit than a assisted in creating marketing plans for new vehicle models. Yeah, that's just too vague and doesn't give something. Yeah, I get you. I get it. Doesn't give me something to hold on to. So give me something to hold yeah, on to, no. give me a little bit more, like use the space on your resume. Like it's just a quantification thing. And I've it, this is very common, by the way not to like rag on you, very common um, omission, really. It's not a mistake necessarily. Like this isn't, this isn't a resume. People would be like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. It's just, there's definitely room for improvement on it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and your GPA is way up there. You're coming from a, a non-target. So it's not like people are going to be coming, knocking down your door. You're going to have to book, you know, yeah. down some no, doors. And then, you know, once this is cleaned up, ramp your networking like a maniac yep that's the plan <laughs> honestly my last semester i really could not care about my gpa anymore it's all networking exactly like yeah that's your school work yep and i would have said last year to do that but you know here you yeah, are yeah i was a bit too late it's okay it's okay live and learn you're still Thank super you. young by the way so you have your whole career ahead of you don't feel like people sometimes are like honestly, oh, that's get- motivating it's Honestly, like I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get the job out of school. It's like, dude, you have like a 30 year career ahead of you. Like, what do you think if you have to do like one year at the non-ideal job, like your life's over? Like, by the way, even if you get into the most prestigious, like job in all of finance, you're like half your times in Excel, like spreading comps and pivs and like aligning logos and power. It's not, it's not glorified. It's not crazy, amazing work. Yes, you're going to get paid really well and you have great exit ops and all that great stuff, but you can get there if you really want it. You just have to continue to grind and even put in the time. And for a lot of people here who are not in the US or they're not in a big city or they're not in London or they're not in Hong Kong, it's really about getting yourself to those regions and getting yourself work authorization such that you can actually be even in the conversation for these jobs, (laughs) right? So it's like get yourself anywhere, any job, any ha- any way possible to those cities, um, and then you have a much better shot because suddenly you can start meeting people with people. Suddenly your resume is polished, and you have all this. You're sh- showing all this quantification. Suddenly you speak really well because you've talked to two hundred people already, and all of a sudden, boom, doors, 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 open, 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 and you start hearing about interviews that nobody else hears about because you're actually following up with your pe- the people that you spoke with and keeping them up to date on what you're working on. Do you know how few people do that? Do you know how few people actually do that? Like, it's cr- it's crazy. We preach it over and over and over and over and over again. but Because it, it's hard. Do you know how few people actually complete this, like, internship successfully through and through? It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And, like, we have, like, paid opportunities right here. Like, we have, like, like there's... It's there, but people just don't do it because it's hard. It's like you got to actually have, you got to actually have discipline to sit down and like do it, right? And then like we're giving you, we're giving you free stuff. We're not giving you cash, but we're giving you free like training and all that stuff. You actually got to go in and like do the training too, right? And then you're dealing with school on top of it. That's a lot, dude. Like I get it, I get it, but I can promise you, it's easier than banking. I can promise you, you have a lot more free time than you think. A lot more free time, as much as I like Netflix too, <laughs> or whatever your your social media choice. Um, it's long. It's at one ten. Any other questions for now?
Marco's laughing at me. <laughs> or with me, hopefully. <laughs> he's nodding because he knows he's been in the market. He's, he's doing the same thing. He's hustling. He's grinding. Right, Marco? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, amazing, amazing work. You know, that's, that's, that's true, guys. Um, we may think that we don't have time, but then when you're working, you know, we, are, we have a team and stuff. The budget and headline and deadline, so it's much more complex. It's a hard transition from college to real world, man. Oh man, yeah, you go yeah. from like so much for your classes. Like sometimes you can arrange it so your classes are like Tuesday and Thursday, and maybe you have like one evening class. You get three days with what are you doing? Like three days off a week plus the weekends. You're like, there's parties, there's all stuff like, I don't know. I just, and then suddenly they throw you, like, if you get into one of these jobs where you're expected to work 80 plus hours a week, it is, it's actually like existential. It's like existential crisis immediately at age 22. People, people are like, what is, what's the meaning? What am I doing here? Like, is this really what I should be doing? And you see that, you see the burnout really fast happen. Um, it's why the attrition is so high. It's because it's, it is really tough. Um, although I got to say people who are coming, who are hungrier, who come from less tend to be able to put up with a lot more shit, um, for longer and, and, and get the promotion to associate or, or be able to kind of stick out the full two years. Um, so for whatever that's worth, I don't know if that's helpful, but, um, anything else? There's a couple, Nabil, did I get everything in the chat? Yeah, I think so. But Kevin's has, has hands up. Oh, sorry, Kevin. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hey, Patrick. Hey, Nabil. Can you hey. hear me all right? Hear you, yeah, I hear you great. Awesome. Uh, thank you for the buy so far. Um, I was actually, I had two questions of mine regarding networking. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the first one would just be um, just getting that referral. So right now I've been trying to reach out to people in the region. Um, so I'm in SoCal. Um, so I'm, so I'm, I was just wondering the first time you talk to someone and you end a conversation, so go good no, let's say, would that be too early to ask for a referral? I, I know that I've been kind of doing that so far. I've been getting good responses, but I just don't want to be like pushy about it. You know, first time meeting someone and asking for another connection. So yeah, I was hoping. I think to it's hear all in the tone, Kevin. I think you seem like a polite guy. Like if you're, as long as you're saying something like, you know, we really appreciate all your advice. You know, if you think there's anyone else that you know might be helpful to speak with. Or, you know, you had mentioned, you know, some people in XYZ. I don't know if you know anyone that might be willing to chat with me for, for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. That would be, you know, amazing, but, you know, no pressure, obviously. Um, and just want to thank you so much for spending the, the time with your advice. I'll definitely follow up with you once I, you know, make progress on that. I think if you do it that way, I think that's totally fine. Awesome. And, you know, they may not actually help you, but probably, you know, 30% or 50% might like actually introduce you. And that helps that, that just saves you so much time. It saves you a hundred messages on LinkedIn to get that one call. <laughs> yeah, You get another call from it. Right. Um, um, and that's good. I think, and then you don't forget to like follow up too. Um, yeah, totally. like six weeks later, three months later, um, even like a year later, be like, mm -hmm. Hey, remember our chat about this here? Do you just give a refresher? Um, you know, here's where I'm at right now. Really appreciate it. I took right. your advice on da, 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 da. Then they feel like they're like, they're part of your success story. People want to help people who they've already helped, right? Mm -hmm. like, they're Absolutely. like, oh, Kevin, actually, you should talk to this person. And like, you're like, okay, oh, they have an opening here. Da, da, da. And then you're in so much you're in better shape. Where in SoCal are you? 
Uh, I'm a rising sophomore at USC, so I'll be entering. Oh, awesome. um, a, yeah, I'm studying business there. They have mm -hmm. a good and program. That actually um, kind of follows up to my second question regarding um, location. So um, being in SoCal, you know, I got lumps that work mostly in the LA offices compared to like, let's say New York or Dallas, other places. So um, I guess let's say if I'm work networking with people, let's say in Morgan Stanley in the LA office, and then um, due to like my, I guess, different interests in industry groups, I actually want to be applying to another office, let's say New York or Houston for energy. Um, would those connections still come in handy while I apply since they're in, I guess, a different location? If you don't end up talking to anybody in those other offices, probably not as, as helpful. Okay. Um, but like, you know, to be frank, like if you get the job in LA, I think you take the job in LA, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you want Houston or, or New York, do you want Houston or New York? Is that why you're saying that? Um, not necessarily. I was just kind of thinking about yeah, this. No, I, I mean, I think, like a lot of people overanalyze, like you're like they overanalyze and they overestimate the odds of them breaking in, even in a front office role. Right. Totally. Like, um, so like oftentimes we'll get like threads on the forums being like, what, a, you know, what should I take? Like this private equity analyst role or this, everyone's like, just get the offers first. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, and then make the decision. And so like, I think, I think your question is, is, is uh, genuine in the sense of like, you're just trying to figure out like are all these connections I'm making in LA, is it actually going to benefit me if I'm applying to New York? Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, my whole thing is I think oftentimes it's a general pool you're applying into. Um, and even if like you end up doing the interview in LA, like I think usually final rounds are in the headquarters. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It depends on probably by bank. Um, I do understand. So some firms I've been talking to, they do have generalist programs. So yeah, like you said, they will consider you for a role after you're accepted. And that's kind of where you choose your location. Yeah. But for other firms, you're kind of um, like right off the bat, your online application, you have to put in your location preferences. Yeah. And so for, for the ones that are generalist pools where they're like, you're choosing the location after you get the offer. Those those connections in LA actually are super valuable because it's still going to help you like get those interviews, those first rounds, right? Um, for the ones where you're like putting it in initially, the the LA connections there. If you're saying like New York number one, like it it might be a little harder. You probably need to talk to somebody, um, and you may want to talk to people at not just USC alum. You may want to talk to Irvine alum. Um, you may want to talk to USD or US at University of San Diego. Yep. Anybody near you, like SoCal, any school of SoCal? I know there's not as many, but like, is it, is it like Pomona near or something? Or, yes. Or Claremont McKenna? Near. Any sort of, and, you, and all you do instead of like doing the USC connection, you talk about the, um, you talk about like the SoCal connection, <laughs> right? You're saying, hey, I'm yeah. also, you know, went to school in Southern California trying to figure out how you made it to New York. And then that's how you get in touch with a little few more New York people. Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i'll definitely keep that in mind i mean so far i've had the most success obviously by emailing um alums from school but yeah i'll definitely try to branch out in the future but yeah thank you for that cool yeah good luck with everything see so you're on the right track you're on the right track so just keep it up thank you um let's see 
Let's see. Uh, Ilham asks, curious, since we are discussing about resumes, would there be a discussions for cover letters? We have a cover letter template. Nabil, do, is that online, the cover letter template? Yeah, it should be. I'll just share it, yeah. We'll share it in the chat as well. Um, yeah, cover letter is one of those things where it's not going to, you're not going to get the interview out of it, but it could just, it could hurt you. So you want to keep it really plain vanilla, um, pretty, pretty, pretty clean, not over, don't definitely keep it to under one page, one page or under. Um, don't go trying to write about your life story. Talk about like who you are, what's, what you, where you're at, how you appreciate the opportunity to work at their firm and you're really excited about it. And then a short closing and you're done. And again, it's not going to help you land an interview. All it could do is just get you kicked out of the process if you're if you go overboard. I have so much passion to work with us in business making. Ever since I was eight years old, reading the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, hi, Patrick. So, when making the cover letter, should we, uh, you know, include all of our points in the resume or no? No, no, definitely uh, not. Much okay. shorter. Yeah, yeah, much shorter one page. It's just a couple highlights of why you think you'd add value to the team. Um, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and we you should look at the template. That's a great guide in terms of how to do it. Um, Harveen says, will you be doing a resume review next week too? Sure, we can do another one. If you guys like it, if you think it's helpful. Maybe by the end of this, we'll have done like half of the half of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Should um, we even have uh, cover letters in the first place? Sorry. Okay. Um, if they don't require it, no. It's not a lot of places to require it, so you're kind of forced to throw one together. Um, I think it can give me a nice touch for smaller companies um, where it's like somebody actually might read it. And it's like, you know, maybe you know somebody or you spoke with somebody in the company, be like, after speaking with XYZ, it shows like some sort of relation there. But that's almost like you're applying less through a portal, you're applying through like a person like directly messaging HR or admin or somebody who like the connection through there. That might make it look a little more formal, make it look like you're serious. Um, and if you have a template that you can go off of and then like modify it slightly based on the company, um, that can save you a lot of time. Um, anything else? Nabil, what am I forgetting? Thanks, Ilham. Uh, nothing, I guess. I think okay. that's it. Okay, yeah. everybody. That's a lot of talking by me. Um, hopefully it doesn't get annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Usually I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but this is, we have a lot of sales calls lately. So I mean, this <laughs> looking all professional today, throw you guys off. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah if there's anything else um, and then Anon thanks for sharing your resume you can always just shoot it over to us after I'll have it take a quick look and give a thumbs up um, perfect thank you actually it might be cool to actually see it next like next week or in a couple weeks kind of re re relive it and see how see if people think it's better and we can show side by side that'd yeah. be pretty cool um, but yeah or we you know um, if you want your resume reviewed um, in this format, send a, the Word version of your resume to Nabil um, at wallstreetist.com and we can, we'll, we'll select one for, for uh, next Friday, okay? Thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate your time. Appreciate all your efforts uh, with, uh, with the internship. Uh, you guys are kicking butt and uh, 
We're really appreciative. Uh, we're super excited. Once we get to this bottleneck, this upload bottleneck uh, solved, we're really excited because like we can see every time we publish more articles, like we can see the rankings of these uh, uh, of in the traffic of the site steadily climb. So we're really excited um, just to get get it live. And uh, we got a lot more people coming come to, to the rescue to help us. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.